Hey there, football fans. Welcome to the Philly Special Podcast. I'm Colin Rudisell here with Kelson Hazelwood. It is the eve of Tuesday, September 24th. We are talking about the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles game that happened Sunday. Uh, Kelson, why don't you tell me what happened or how you feel about the first part of that game? First part of the whole thing? Whichever one you prefer. <laughs> um, you know, Colin, it's another one of those where it's it's too little too late. Uh, we tried to make up for everything at the end and it it just didn't happen for us. We almost pulled it out at the end and not quite once again, similarly to last week against Atlanta. It just, it's a hard, it's a heartbreaker. It's hard to watch. It's not fun. And it gets old real fast. I mean, oh, it's, it's, it's been old. Yeah. I mean, you talk about two weeks in a row where it's just, I mean, one or two plays, one or two plays happen differently. You get one or two big, big plays that, you know, and you talk about it, this is what champions do. You have to make, that one big play. And if you don't make it, you lose the game. And that's what's happened two weeks in a row now for the Eagles. And we're sitting here now at one and two with a, with a tough road matchup against green Bay next week, this week coming here in a few days, we play this game and you have to, you have to wonder, um, what would this team look like? If we, if Deshaun and Alshon play both of these games, that's, I can't stop thinking about it. Like this receiving core of Nelson Aguilar, Mac Hollins and Ortega Whiteside and these guys, it's not Deshaun, it's not Alshon, it's killing us, in my opinion. Yeah, and in this last game we had eight drops. Um, surely we're going to get very much into that. But oh, I do have a, a hint of good news for you, Kelson. Next mm-hmm. week, as far as I'm concerned here, this Thursday, I should say, I shouldn't even say next week. We're talking about, I mean, literally two days from now. Um, Arthega Whiteside looking good after his injury uh, sustained on Sunday. And the biggest news of them all... Alshon Jeffrey should be ready to go for Thursday night game. So that's going to be huge for Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles in that offense. Hopefully a little bit more of a reliable target and something that Carson Wentz can go to a little bit more frequently. And we can hopefully avoid some of these drops that we've been seeing this last week. No, I definitely think having Alshon out there is going to make a world of difference uh, for Carson Wentz. Um, you see Zach Ertz out there getting double teamed like that. Teams won't, or the Packers won't be able to do that necessarily with having Alshon Jeffrey on the field as well. And I think that's going to hopefully clear up a lot for this offense and get us going. Yeah, yeah. And um, let's just get into the injury report here. We've got uh, Arthega Whiteside, as I said, was going to play. I think Jackson, supposedly, he's supposed to be out for this next week, which is fair. Man, I hope we can get him back by next Sunday, the Sunday oh, after this. We need him back as soon as possible yeah that, absolutely. he's arguably the reason we have one win yeah and i mean he's he's the deep threat that you know last ditch effort let's hail it out and let's see what happens and Deshaun jackson always knows how to get that ball in and carson wentz loves to throw that deep ball and as we saw this game it it just didn't happen for anybody else so yeah we need we need our top two guys back it's got to happen yeah uh timmy jernigan still looking like he's going to be out the only defensive lineman that has a sack for the Philadelphia Eagles, by the way. We're going to get more into that as we go along. As I said, Elshon Jeffrey's going to be back. Andre Dillard sustained an injury on Sunday. He's going to be back. Um, that's good news. Ronald Darby still up in the air. Uh, it looks like he's not going to play on Thursday. They don't really know the extent of that injury. Hopefully not too bad. Although you can make a case. The Eagles kind of play better with him off the field. But you know, again, we'll get into that as well. Corey Clement's still out. Dallas Goddard hopefully going to play on Thursday as well. And uh, Grugier Hill. So that's what the injury report's looking like as we go into Thursday night against the, the Green Bay Packers. It's a long list, man. You don't, I don't know. It just, 
kind of reminds me of last year just so many people out from the beginning you're just constantly trying to fight that battle to get healthy and get guys back in they get hurt again and then we're back to we're back to this long injury report yeah and you know thank god it wasn't the the blue tent game if you will as it was oh, last god <laughs> yeah against the atlanta falcons but still i mean darby going down in that game and you know Dillard looking like he was really hurt. I'm really glad he's he's not yes. as hurt as he looked because he looked like he was not doing well at all. And uh, Ortega Whiteside, Jason Peters hasn't been, you know, incredibly reliable as far as health goes here lately too. So having Andre Dillard yeah. to back him up, thank God. Yeah, and I mean, this is let's just get into it right now. I think uh, the offensive line hasn't really been all that impressive, anyways. Right? I mean. We see Carson Wentz dropping back, and it seems like every other play, at least, the man is under pressure. He's moving around in the pocket, and he's he's losing some time to throw the football. Um, you give Carson Wentz four or five seconds to throw the ball, more than likely he's going to put it where he needs to be. And we could talk about how the receivers catch it or drop it, but he's going to put it where he needs to be. But you got to give him that much time. And I'm not. I feel like you're not asking for a lot to just give this man three or four seconds to throw the football. No, yeah, and that's something that it's worrying me coming into this Packers game here on Thursday night because the Packers have 12 sacks so far this season. The Eagles have two to put that in perspective for you. Like we've got to protect the quarterback. It it has to happen if we want to have any shot at winning here on Thursday. Yeah, it's essential. And, you know, I think hopefully uh, with, with Alshon Jeffrey back, the offense is going to get a little bit back into a groove, but this is a tough place to win uh, in inside of green Bay. Um, you know, the Eagles could be staring down the barrel of a one and three start, which is certainly not where you want to be, especially when you look at where the Packers or excuse me, the Cowboys are sitting at three and zero. Oh. Uh, yep. Looking at the power rankings right here, the Eagles dropped nine spots from number eight to seventeen. Um, pretty pretty disappointing, but you know not really surprising. I think that's a fair place for them at this point. And the Cowboys are sitting at number four, so I mean we got an uphill battle in front of us. I'd agree and. When you really think about it, too, last year we were able to make that kind of crazy comeback to grab that wild card spot. And with as good as the NFC is this year, I I don't see it. Nothing like that can happen. Like we have to stay competitive within our division, and we have to win some football games if we want to have a shot at either winning our division or snagging a wild card spot. Like I don't think we're gonna be able to get to the end and win our last four or five games and snag that spot. Not as good as that division is. Yeah, and I mean, we still, luckily, I guess if you want to look at it that way, still have both the Giants, both the Giants games. We have a Redskins game, and we have two Cowboys games, and obviously those two back, those two Cowboy games are going to be huge. And, I mean, uh, you want to yeah. you want to talk about a team that kind of surprised me this week, the Giants. Daniel Jones came out looking hot. That was one, that was a good game for them. I I wouldn't count them out yet, and I, yeah, I, don't, is those, it, I don't think those are given Ws anymore. Is it bad to say that I was... I mean, I don't want to say happy, but I was, I mean, I was entertained. That's for sure. It was, it was fun to watch. I mean, it was just good not to see the, I mean, this sounds wrong coming from an Eagles fan, but it was kind of refreshing not to see the Giants getting their asses kicked for once. (laughs) Like, oh my God. Like even with Saquon Barkley getting hurt, they're still out there just putting up points. It was kind of. Yeah. I think that's another, that's a reason why, honestly, I think it's not even a big deal. I mean, the Giants aren't going to be a threat to this division. I wouldn't imagine. And. Boy, it'd be something if, you know, seven, eight weeks from now we're, we're talking about a podcast and I'm just eating my words about this, but that's not going to happen, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, especially with Barkley being out, but it's, I don't know, it was a fun game. It was fun to watch, and 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We'll see where the Giants go from here. I hope Daniel Jones gets some more starts and, you know, let's make this division one of the best in the NFL. And it should include the Philadelphia Eagles and when it's over anyway. So, so this is not a Giants podcast. Let's definitely get out of that territory. Um, I don't know. How'd you, how'd you feel about the defense here in this Lions game? You know, Kelson, I got to say it was better. I, I really do think it was better. Um, they were put in some tough spots this game. And, and it comes from the fumbles, definitely. And just having to stand strong here late in the game. And I think they did everything they were supposed to do. And greatly. I mean, they, they gave us every opportunity to win this game. Um, my one complaint, and it's been the same complaint for the last two weeks, is the front four. It's It's just been not where it should be when you're talking about having one of the best defensive linemen in football and Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, who was the hero of our Super Bowl, you know, getting that fumble against Tom Brady. None of these guys are getting to the quarterback. And when, and this is the thing, this is the thing when the front four can't get to the quarterback by themselves, what do you have to do? You have to start blitzing, right? Yeah. You start sending in other guys. What's the weak point of this defense? The secondary. That's obvious. I mean, the, the, the point was the front four should be so good that it doesn't even matter that the secondary isn't great. But when you start having to blitz the secondary to help the front four, I mean, you're leaving guys that you already know aren't necessarily the best cornerbacks in the league one-on-one with some of the best receivers in the league. And we've seen it every single week. You know, yeah. Marvin Jones had 100 yards this week. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, both over 100 yards last week. We've had 100 receiver every single game. Yeah, I, I can have said that better myself. Um... One of my biggest complaints with this team this year is by far the front four. Like, it's just been so quiet. Like, recording two sacks within – that's not even the front four, actually. One sack for the front four within three games. It's just – it's it's ridiculous coming from a defense that was so hyped coming into the season. And we were, I, I expect to see more from these guys, and it's, it's infuriating, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I mean – pathetic really for lack of a better word i and it's got to be infuriating for jim schwartz because i know he's so reliant on that front four yeah that's his system his system is exactly you described it's the front four puts on the pressure the secondary does their best but they don't have to be amazing and it's it's breaking this season and it's it's hurting us really badly yeah i mean God, I hope I hope they find a way to turn it around, and they they need to. I think it's almost essential at this point that they they have to turn it around, yeah. uh, especially with Ronald Darby getting hurt now. We're getting even thinner at the cornerback position. We've saw how that went before. We've seen this movie before. Yeah, I mean they 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 have to be the pinnacle of this defense. So hopefully, hopefully we're gonna see it again. And while we're on the topic of defense, uh, Doug Peterson made a call late in the game. We're on our own side of the field. And, you know, games on the line, we end up having a fourth down. There's a lot of controversy. A lot of people are saying you got to punt this ball. You know, we got we got timeouts. Let's push them back into their own field. And, you know, let's see what we can do. Doug Peterson decides let's keep the offense on the field. We're going to go for it on fourth down. We don't make it. And what ends up happening is uh, the Lions go three and out. They try to kick field goal on fourth down. We end up blocking the field goal. You know, that's what put us inside the 25-yard line to begin with and give ourselves a chance to win. But even before that, even if that didn't happen, this is the right call. This is what you should do because the Lions are thinking, we're going to run this clock out as much as we can, right? I mean, they're not going to throw passes. They're not going to go for a touchdown. They're going to be like, 
we need to win this game. Let's run the clock out. Let's make Philadelphia lose all their their uh, uh, their timeouts. And to me, it's the right call, you know, and I think Doug Peterson's been under fire the last two weeks now for his coaching decisions on going for it. And when, you know, sending that blitz, that was more Jim Schwartz, but still sending the blitz on fourth down against Atlanta. And I I think he's made the right decision. It's been good coaching this whole time. It's been good quarterbacking this whole time, which we'll get into again. But I, I think it was the right decision to trust your defense. They've been so good all game long. And they did even better here with the block from Malcolm Jenkins getting us into a position inside the 25-yard line to win this game, Kelson. And I don't know. I'm still having I, a hard time understanding how we didn't win this game. I'm telling you, that's it's the same feeling week after week. It's The magic is there. Like, late in the game, the magic is there. We put the pieces in the right places. And then something just doesn't quite fit right every single time. We were waiting till late in these games to really come alive and try and put ourselves out there and win and it's too little too late time and time again it's it's frustrating malcolm jenkins is incredible for doing that and it sucks that it's a wasted effort yeah and i mean malcolm played he played great all game long oh he's time he's just so consistent he's such a good a great player on that defense and honestly we would i don't know where we'd be without him yeah, and I mean, you think about all the all the drama in the beginning of the season and not paying this man, which he deserves every bit of pay that he can get. He shows Just, up with no no drama, no nothing. He shows up ready to play, ready to work, ready to win. And I mean, he's he's by far the the leader of the defense. You know, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's just, I mean, it's it's heartbreaking. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. What else is heartbreaking? Obviously, we're we're looking at what seven eight drops this game and then both the fumbles we we definitely need to talk about that real quick yeah i'm eight drops that cannot happen like i don't understand how that happens no and some of them were just i mean you can't have them you're talking about aglor aglor's drop on a third and six uh pushing down the field finally you know, looking good in the first half, which is something that hasn't happened in a very long time in an Eagles football game, by the way, in the last three weeks. We haven't seen it. Uh, and dropping that pass for a first down, that's huge. Yep. That's huge. And he'd come back to strike again with this fumble, which was even bigger, you know? It's infuriating because then you see second half Nelson Aguilar, all of a sudden different player scores two touchdowns. Like, looks great. But, like, why can't you just play consistently? Why can't you just catch these balls like it's just back to like those rookie season woes with him and it's oh it kills 100 percent does and i mean you don't really have to worry about it as much when you're talking about deshaun jackson and alshon jeffrey out there on the field right i mean he's just he's the third guy and usually he's doing more good than bad when he's the third guy and he doesn't have to have as many looks as he did but uh, look, I'm just going to say it straight up. I, I don't think Nelson Aguilar is necessarily a good wide receiver. He has too many drops. He has too many big play opportunities that he doesn't convert on. We saw it last week against Atlanta. We saw a couple of times this week against Detroit. He shouldn't be the guy we're leaning on. And yet these last two weeks, he's been our number one because we don't have Deshaun Jackson. We don't have Alshon Jeffrey. So I'm hoping with Alshon Jeffrey coming back against uh, Green Bay, we're going to see it a little bit differently. Hopefully we don't see as much uh, Nelson Aguilar. We see a little bit more Alshon Jeffrey. 
So he doesn't have to be put into that wide receiver one role where I don't even think he's that comfortable, you know? Yeah. See, I think, I think there's a whole thing with him. I think, I think he's a fantastic slot receiver and I think he, I loved his role last season and the season, the season before it, I thought that was perfect for him. Yeah. But then, but then we see, then we see him have to step up these few weeks and it's, just these glimpses of the pressure is too much for him. He can't handle it. And it's, it's really hurt the team. I just hope that doesn't mess with him going forward. Once he gets back to his older role, I hope he just remembers he's good at that. He should do that. And it should be fine. Yeah. I I think he knows that. And, and look to his credit. I mean, that, that touchdown pass, he had his first one. Yeah, yeah, the, the double, oh, that spin, double move. spin move. Oh, it was amazing. Absolutely. That was an incredible touchdown. If he, if he wouldn't have had the other things happen to him throughout this game, like the fumble, the drop pass, that would have just been so much sweeter. Well, I mean, that's that's what we talked about in the beginning. You know, it's just these plays, the you know, one or two or three plays that just make a championship caliber team. And this Philadelphia Eagles team right now, Kelson, they're, they're not there. You know, I mean, you can't start the season one and two and expect to win a Super Bowl. And I'm there's plenty of time. You know, if this is I'm glad they're having this breakdown now as opposed to six, seven weeks in the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's good to have it now so you can hopefully analyze the problems, figure yourself out and get yourself to be that championship caliber team. And it, it, you can't make these mistakes and expect to win a Super Bowl. And this is how you lose games. And we've seen it the last two weeks. Something something else that's really been kind of bothering me as far as like decisions. So you mentioned earlier, Doug Peterson has been making good decisions. I agree with you to a point. And my point that I think he's making incorrect decisions, him, a company with Deuce Staley and Mike Groh. Why the hell is Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Howard not getting more carries? I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, I... I mean, I, I was preaching it last week. We need to see more Miles Sanders. What did I say? 14 carries. He had 13 carries this game and had 53 yards. That's not very good. I'm going to be honest. Uh, so I guess I'm going to go against myself here and say Jordan Howard is probably the guy we need to be feeding most of the time. He's going to get you those hard yards. He's going to wear down the defense, you know, and they're going to open up the pass game. I don't know why Jordan Howard is not the lead back on this team at this point. Especially in games like this, where I don't think we should be leaning on rookie talent yet. Like, obviously, Miles Sanders, I really think he has a future in this league. I think he's going to be great. I just don't think he is ready yet for these big time, these big time moments. And Jordan Howard, I he's been there. He has played in the NFL. He's a veteran. He's done it. He's been great. I feel like we need to be leaning on that that veteran kind of personality right now to take us where we want to go. And I'm excited for Miles Sanders, but I'm not excited for this much of Miles Sanders yet. No. And I mean, Jordan Howard is, as you said, experience. He's got I mean, he's a thousand yard rusher a couple of years, I believe. And, you know, we got him for a reason. Let's put that reason to use. You know, I mean. Give them the tough yards, which they did. I'm proud of that, by the way. I mean, they we were inside the five. Our, that first touchdown, we gave it to Jordan yeah. Howard, and he rushed it in. That's great. I think the run game was a little bit closer to the way it should be this year. What am I looking at? 13 carries for Miles Sanders, 11 for Jordan Howard, and only two for Darren Sproles. 
Yes. I yeah, love I'm Darren much Sproles, happier with that. That's right. Much happier than that. Yes. Yeah. But that's the way it should be. In games like this that are this crucial and this close, we need to keep Jordan Howard out there, in my opinion. I agree. And especially the way he was running. He he ran incredible, I thought. You know, 11 carries and 37 yards really doesn't do it that much justice. No, but, uh, you, you have to watch the game to understand, I feel like. But, I yeah. And, um, you know, on top of that, Miles Sanders was the leading receiver this week, incredibly enough, you know, with only two catches and 73 yards. I think that kind of is more of an indication of how much we're struggling, how much we're thirsty for some good wide receivers here. Uh, just missing Alshon Jeffrey, missing Deshaun Jackson, you know, a guy, a running back, a rookie running back at that much. Two catches, 73 yards is our leading receiver this week. Well, the Eagles had eight drop passes in this game. And I think that is the biggest story when it comes down to it. And we already talked about Aguilar uh, having that third and six. That turns into a first and ten. Had he made the catch and we're on the Detroit side of the field, at the very least, we're looking at a touchdown or a field goal. Points on the board, which makes all the difference when you're talking about a game that, you know, is decided by three points or less. Uh, Dallas Goddard dropped about the easiest touchdown I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I think you or I could have made that touchdown. One of these viewers could have made the touchdown. It's it's not a difficult (laughs) <laughs> all right i don't look it's not I it's not I'm that i don't saying, agree with you i'm just saying i'm not trying to have someone challenge me to go catch this and then i drop <laughs> it, you know what i mean i get what you're saying yes i'm just saying we paid this guy enough money that he should probably be able to make that catch yes oh, or no absolutely i am not saying he shouldn't make the catch i'm just saying like, <laughs> you or i let's be careful all right deal you know our <laughs> You know, our our draft pick, our top draft pick of the year can't make that catch. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, Ertz had two drops in that game as well. Uh, Matt Collins dropping a pass that would have really put us in a great position to kick a field goal and tie the game or possibly into a position where we could have scored a touchdown and win the game. But really, the biggest plays of this game come in the last drive. And, you know, we talk about the play where we block a field goal. We got us inside the 25-yard line. Uh, there's a penalty. It pushes us back. But anyways, you know, we're we're striking. We're within the 50-yard line, and this is where you need to win football games. You know, you're inside of a minute. You have two timeouts left. And we go in. We obviously, obviously have that one pass to, to Darren Sproles where he pushes off and, and makes the catch. Um, I'll go ahead and let you give your thoughts on that. No, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's every worth talk. every receiver in the league does that. I don't. I don't know why that got called right there. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, Darren Sproles is like five foot tall. I think that's the only way he like he <laughs> has to make a play there. And you see this time and time again, and in, in these games, and you see receivers do this. I don't know why that one got called. I honestly think it's stupid. Well, whether it calls, I mean. I mean, yes, yes, okay, technically it is a penalty, but <laughs> this happens all the time, and it does not get called. Also, the officiating in this game was crap, let's be oh, honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we don't have to go much farther than the <laughs> the 180-degree helmet oh, spin of Miles Sanders. I, on the I thought we were going to wait a few minutes before we talked about that, but yes, absolutely. Well, either way you look at it, or whether you think it should have been called or not, that was a, it was a great play by Darren Sproles, because... Say he did that and didn't catch the football, that's the end of the game, right? They declined the penalty, it's fourth down, that's the end of the game. 
So he did everything he could to catch the football, and that's what you got to do. So uh, even with the penalty, it was the right play. And what comes next is a bomb to do uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. That should have been caught. Should have been caught. That's Deshaun Jackson. That ball is caught. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, man, I mean, this is what we saw from Ortega-Whiteside. Like, this is what his college tape consisted of, these, you know, over-the-top Randy Moss catches, these tough plays. This is what he's here for. And I know he's a rookie, and I don't want to put too many expectations on him too early, but it's a play he should have made. I mean, it hit him in the hands. you got to come down with this football. And had he have done that, you know, we're one spike away and then probably two or three plays away from hopefully throwing a touchdown and winning the football game inside the five yard line. So it's, it's tough and it was tough all game long. And I know the blame is going to go on Doug Peterson. It's going to go on Carson Wentz. And I just think that's, you know, it shouldn't. No way. Uh, Especially not Carson. Carson, the balls were there all day long. Especially you're looking at Carson Wentz having 259 yards passing and two touchdowns. You know, Matthew Stafford only had 201 and a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Carson Wentz did everything he could to win this game. And I think his receivers let him down. I think his offensive line let him down. The only people that weren't letting him down were the defense, but the offense let the defense down. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's rough and it sucks, but what are you going to do? Speaking speaking of being let down, the the fumbles in this game really hurt us. Um, we talked earlier about Miles Sanders uh, a little bit and his two fumbles, but um, the one from Aguilar that actually ended up being a turnover from him. Those things like beyond the drop passes, we could have almost won this game with eight drop passes had these fumbles not happened, which is wild in my opinion. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. I mean. Miles Sanders, you know, fumbling twice in one drive is not what you want to see from your rookie running back. And I got to praise the defense once again for just holding them to six points between those two fumbles, you know, a field goal on each one. Um, yeah, the fumbles were, were huge because both of the fumbles where we lost it, Detroit game possession, were on Detroit side of the field. So at the very least, you know, we're looking at a long field goal from Jake Elliott. And we know he thrives on those long field goals. The Eagles lost by three points. So either one of those fumbles doesn't happen. We're at least talking about overtime, right? I mean, 27-27, we go into overtime. Uh, it's it's sad. It's just sad that it comes down to plays like that, that we lose football games. And that's what's happened the last two weeks. And it's it's just hard. It's hard to to move forward from here and knowing that there's a tough matchup coming in, in Green Bay, which we need to give our predictions on that game, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think the Eagles are staying on the barrel of a 1-3 to three record in the first four games, 25% of the way through, 1-3. and three. I don't know where we go from here. I think there's a lot that has to be addressed um, going forward, and we're about to play Green Bay here at, here at home uh, in a few days, and... I don't know if we if we play like that, it's it's over like we we have to play better. We have to be better. We have to be the team that everyone thought we were going to be this season. If we want to stand a chance at getting anywhere. Yeah. And let's uh, let's just go ahead and move on to our predictions next week. Uh, We got the Eagles facing the Packers in Green Bay Thursday night. This is what 
less than 48 hours from now on Thursday night. Um, Eagles will be with Alshon Jeffrey more than likely, with Dallas Goddard more than likely, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, and Andre Dillard. Um, But still, with all that being said, we are traveling to Lambeau Field, facing the 3-0 Green Bay Packers. And to me, personally, man, I hope we get surprised. I hope something happens that just surprises the hell out of me. But I just don't see it happening. I think this is going to be a loss for the Philadelphia Eagles. My prediction is somewhere, let's say, 17 to 31. Oh, uh, wow. Packers over the Philadelphia Eagles. Damn, man, you mean it. I mean it. Okay. Um, I think I agree with you. Uh, since the since the schedule came out, this is a game I definitely thought we'd lose. I didn't think we'd be sitting where we are when we got to this game, so I didn't think too much of it. But um, my prediction, I think we're looking at 24-28 uh, Packers winning. Um I don't know. We've we've had a lot of really close games, so let's just keep them going, I guess. Man, <laughs> how much more heartbreak can Philly Nation can Philly Nation stand? I guess is the real question. Um, man, I just I guess the only way you can spin it is if we win. You know, if somehow we beat Green Bay on the road, that's surely going to restore some some pride in Philadelphia, and you know, a little bit of like, oh my gosh, okay, this team this team stands a chance. Absolutely. If we can beat Green Bay on the road, they're one of the best teams in the NFC. We're sitting at two and two at that point. You know, uh, hopefully Dallas loses to New Orleans and New Orleans next week. Uh, that would put them at three and one. We're just a game off of the lead at that point. So that's I guess that's a positive way to spin it. But I, it's a tough place to win. It's a tough place to win on the road in Lambeau Field. So we'll see what Philadelphia can do. I'm excited to see Thursday night, obviously, seeing uh, Philadelphia football. But not the yeah, most optimistic fan over here. That's my concern as well. Uh, Lambeau is not an easy place to win for anyone, and the Packers are one hell of a football team. I'm I'm definitely scared of that defense, especially against uh, what our offensive line has done so far this season. I'm um, I'm worried that Carson's going to be on the ground more than more than we like to see him on the ground this week. I I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope the Eagles come out and surprise me this week because. That would just be one hell of a way to get the season back, backing out under control. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully it goes all right. So I think that's going to do it, do it for us here this week. Um, obviously a bummer uh, playing Detroit, but we'll see what happens here on Thursday night. And we'll be back as always to discuss it. Um, follow, feel free to follow us uh, at the Philly Special Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, till then... Uh, Have a good week.